Hello everybody. I am so glad you're here. I'm Ray Hughes and welcome to the Listening Porch. Well, today I want to try to have a little porch chat with you, and I don't know how much of this I'll be able to make clear or even effective without you being able to see what I'm seeing, but uh, let me give it a shot. You know, I've made no big secret about some of the things that are a part of my private devotion in regards to prayer and meditation and and walking with the Lord. I've always taken it that phrase a bit more serious than some and just considered that when I go on my walks, I'm walking with the Lord. Some of you may remember that uh, some few years ago, I actually even put out a book that was promoting the idea of sauntering. If it was that book that I, you know, out of my frustration so many times traveling so many places and speaking in so many conferences and churches and and uh, worship schools and creative arts schools and that kind of thing, I would always leave a bit frustrated. Say, oh, you know what? I should have told them about this, or I should have told them about that. And and out of that frustration, finally one day, I just decided, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to write a book that uh, helps take that guilt and regret away a little bit. So I wrote a book, and the name of it is 107 Things I Forgot to Say the last time I talked about worship, creativity, and music. The whole premise of it, it's a, it's a partnering journal. This is not a commercial, by the way. But it's a partnering journal where on my walks, I would, as I do now, typically uh, grasp a thought or a reflection that I wanted to meditate on that day in my meditation with the Lord. It might be a scripture. It might be a poem. It might be a or something I see on on the saunter. And that's a word that's not even used that often anymore. But anyway, as I, as I would saunter and uh, meditate, I would capture those and just write them down in, you know, in my leather journal. And then, uh, so I made a whole book of them. And then, uh, so the left page is my thoughts or my meditations, whatever I was contemplating on. Uh, something in regards to worship, creativity, or music. And then the right page would be left empty, uh, and it just says reflections at the top. So that gives the reader an opportunity to share in the thoughts, share in the revelation, add, take away, uh, correct, or even completely dispel, Yeah, if you want to. And there's no place to really start. You don't start like at page one. You can start anywhere you want to, in the middle if you want to, and just grab a page for your walk. And of course, now, just for clarity, let's, let me give you the, the Webster's idea of what sauntering is. Uh, it's uh, to walk with a leisurely gait, stroll, or to sauntering through the woods, for example, a leisurely walk or ramble, a leisurely gait. And of course, there's related forms to that, like uh, you'd be a saunterer if you're one that chooses to do that. But, you know, sauntering has become a lost art because most people don't saunter. Uh, They hike or walk or climb or jog or something. But I never never was much for that. I'm more for uh, folding my hands behind me and walking at the pace of my own heartbeat and 
trying to uh, see and hear and understand what God wants to put into my life that day and also what I can offer to him on those journeys. And But I'm, I have a, quite a fondness for meditation anyway. And I've, I've studied it a bit. You know, for example, when you're med- meditating on the Lord, singing helps because singing helps keep distracting thoughts away. You know, imagine in those old hollowed monasteries where the where the sound would just sustain and suspend itself through the room. The decay on the room might be, you can say your prayer and <laughs> listen to it come back to you almost uh, because of the reverb in there. Part of the purpose for that design is uh, so that you can fill the room with the sound of your voice. And that even that building becomes a part of your expressed worship at that point. And uh, singing, uh, if you just sit there in in total and absolute stone silence, you know, your thoughts can wander, even if it's they wander to the beauty of that stained glass window or that wood carving of the mighty cloud of witnesses that are on the ceiling or the the stone carvings around the altar or whatever, you know, your mind can uh, wander. And uh, but when you begin to sing, it adds an element of focus, uh, and of course that's been proven on uh, all kinds of levels, but singing helps keep the distracting thoughts away in the same way that prayer, audible prayer does. And your repetitive phrase or song or scripture or prayer uh, can be like a, almost like a holy echo that has an effect in your inner sanctuary. And uh, a part of uh, meditation is not about emptying our minds as much as it is about focusing our heart and our mind and engaging with the Lord. Engage and stay engaged. And one of the ways you can do that is with your sound, sustaining your notes and your song that carry intent and the purpose of your heart. Now, a great exercise for this, uh, by the way, or a great aid for this, is one of the things that I do is I've, you know, of course, I've traveled all over the world and I've found so many of these wonderful little books that that help. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just chat you through this process just a little bit. For example, i got one here I'm holding in my hand that's smaller than a cell phone. And it's not necessarily about meditation or, or contemplation, of, even upon Scripture, though it's full of Scripture. This is from, I think it's 1839. It's an essay on man. And... Uh, what you do when you open the book, it starts off with the, the, the argument of, of an epistle. And it'll be, have something very beautiful and poetic and be two or three pages of there that speaks of, um, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into to reading this one for you. I, I have another one that I, don't, that I want to read for you. But the point is it's smaller than a, than a cell phone. It just fits in your shirt pocket. You can carry it with you. And you can open it up and find inspirational thoughts or whatever. Here's one that's a hymnal, uh, revised and enlarged, it it says, but yet it's, again, the size of a cell phone. And it's full of these, the the lyrics of beautiful and powerful old hymns. Uh, And back in the day, of course, everybody carried their their own hymnal, you know, or it, it would fit in a, in a purse or in a breast pocket very easily. There's one called the bond of sympathy. 
And you open it up, and it's, it's these beautiful and poetic uh, sayings and and considerations. God often calls us, but generally we are not home. Here's another one. I'm just picking them at random here. Make friends with your trials as though you were always to live together. So no, uh, you know, I'm not sure I want to agree with everything, uh, with the theology, life school of suffering. The school of suffering is the largest in the world, but unlike other schools, no one enters it voluntarily. It is universally shunned, yet it's the best of all schools. So if you're going through suffering situation, now if I continue to read that, by the way, you'll find out that there's some real redemption in it as it goes along and and uh, uh, to weary hearts, uh, to mourning homes, God, God's meekest angel gently comes. And, you know, some of those things are, are, are a bit flowery, and, I don't, and I'm not suggesting that we live our lives wrapped in uh, red roses and, and uh, wound up in, in blue violets and uh, the shallow, sometimes superficial Aspects of poetry can be as bothersome as it is beautiful, I believe. But nonetheless, you know, our, our uh, uh, John Adams, our second president, he made a statement. He, he, he said, you'll never be alone with a poet in your pocket. And back in the day, people were known, especially brilliant minds and thinkers back in the day and great leaders, they were constantly hearing the language of others and processing the language of their day and and interspersing their understandings and their their experiences of life into a, a language far more beautiful than the the dog girl meanderings that we find to be, today to be and and the anger that is expressed and the political things that are expressed through poetry and and all of that it's to a great degree it's lost its beauty because so much of the so many people today do not have that kind of beauty alive in their heart but anyway here's here's one of my favorites one of my very favorites that I like to carry with me on my walks. It's a, it's actually it's it's the Psalms, a church hymnary, a revised edition. It's from Scotland, and if you open the front page of it, it, it says the Psalms of David in meter, uh, according to the versions approved by the Church of Scotland, and appointed to be used in worship. And that's precisely what I use it for. I use it for times of worship. Um, let me show you. We all know the the. 23rd Psalm. So let me let me just share with you how they say it here. And I love to carry these for, for days of meditation. It says in Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd. I'll not want. He makes me down to lie. In pastures green, he leads me. The quiet waters by. My soul he does restore again. And me to walk doth make with the paths of righteousness, even for his own name's sake. Yea, though I walk in death's dark veil, yet will I fear none ill. For thou art with me, and thy rod and staff comfort me still. 
My table thou hast furnished in the presence of my foes. My head thou dost with oil anoint, and my cup overflows. Goodness and mercy, all my life shall surely follow me. And in God's house forevermore, my dwelling place shall be. I love the way it does that. You know, it's not really challenging or uh, the theology or challenging doctrine or anything like that. It's just moving the words around in these beautiful places. Now, what I like about those is you can find this just this one line. Uh, for example, the Lord is the Lord's my shepherd. I'll not want. He makes me down to lie. In pastures green, he leads me. The quiet waters by. Well, you know, I don't have to remember the rhyme or recount or recite it so much. What it does for me is it slows me down and makes me have to think and pay attention. It's a bit like another exercise that I do, and I've talked about it before, so I won't I won't elaborate on it, but I love to take the Psalms and every day write with an ink pen, write cursive, in cursive, I write an entire Psalm out and then meditate on it, underline the words that, that really reach out to me and so on. And it's, uh, anyway, I just thought this might be helpful for some of you to, to um, have a couple of ideas about good ways to walk with the Lord and to meditate on His Word, as we're encouraged to do day and night, and acknowledge Him in all of our ways as we're walking with Him, you know, just finding more and more ways to create a lifestyle of engagement with the One who loves us most. So, anyway, hope that's helpful today. Thanks for coming to the Listening Porch. Now you may have to leave, but you don't have to stay gone. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash Ray Hughes. There you'll find video versions of this podcast. I also have numerous online courses at selaministries.com. And don't forget to take a look at the beautiful handmade ink pens at redriverturning.com. See you next time on the Listening Porch.